Welcome to From Busy to Rich with Wes Young, a podcast designed to inspire advisors to increase their profitability and quality of life. In today's episode, we're going to discuss something every advisor has to deal with to be successful in this business, and that's how they spend their time. Here's Wes Young. Well, welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us for another show. Uh, Wes, how are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. Well, I know Justin is with us, but he is muted because he is uh, under the weather. Justin, good to have you here whenever you're uh, able to talk. It looks time. fabulous, though. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's good as always. All right. Good. Good to hear from you. Uh, well, gentlemen, today we're going to talk about something that is universal, uh, and that is how we spend our time. And I've heard it said that the days are long, but the years are short. Uh, they talk about that with kids, you know. Um, I personally am I'm, I'm just thinking even this morning. In the last 24 hours, I have not had a good last 24 hours with my youngest kid. She is asserting her youngest kid as I was the youngest. I know what I was like. And unfortunately, she's like me. And it's been a long day, right? But then I look at my almost 15-year-old and I think, how did he get to be 15 so fast? And so the days are long, but the years are short. And uh, But we all get 24 hours, right? So today, Wes, we're going to talk about uh, really not just time management, but just the larger principle and the deeper ideas around uh, really how we choose, how we choose to spend our time. So I look forward to, for, for you to share some of the things uh, that, uh, that you're doing on a really practical level uh, to make sure that you and your team are using your time well. Awesome. Yeah. I- so, so start us off. What does it mean to, st- to, to spend your time well? I, I think when it comes to in, in the context of this ideal team scenario, it, it, it really is about are you becoming the kind of team or the kind of advisor if you are the team that the clients you're looking for are looking for, and, and if you're if you're if you're if your ideal calendar if you're if you're how you're spending your time is not moving you in that direction, then I don't think you're spending your time well. I don't think I'm spending my time well, and. So I think it's wise to take time to regularly back up and just think about, well, one, what are the kind of clients that our team is looking for, our organization is looking for? And and in light of that, how do we need to spend our time to become something that is a better offer to that group um, now and and as we evolve into the future? And and Andy, this this is a broad discussion. It certainly goes beyond just how we would traditionally think about how we spend our professional time. Uh, because here's you, you all know it. You got the big areas of life: your your physical health, your your financial life, your relationships, spiritual life, certainly professional life. Those things all intersect. So if you're not having conversations about what does it mean to spend your time well, as it relates to how all those areas play out, if you only focus on the professional, um, your your life is ultimately going to go off the rails in some regard because they're all connected. Um, as it relates to clients, and this is where I think we can start uh, with this discussion today in, in the ideal calendar and how we back into it. It's first just, I think, being aware of, of what kind of clients are you looking for? If, if I want to become the kind of advisor, or the kind of team, the clients I'm looking for, are looking for, what kind of client am I looking for? And there's so many ways you can you know, segment your, your uh, ideal opportunities or existing business. I keep it real simple to start is we think of where do they fit as it relates to financial health? 
And because the old quote that we love is that financial health is a lot like physical health. It is not a condition you arrive at. It's not a place you arrive at. It's a condition you continually pursue. And, And I believe that. And as it relates to where, what condition are the clients we're looking for falling in, I think you, you need to have some outline. So if you imagine any a pyramid, um, and at the bottom of that pyramid is is uh, surviving, and in the middle of that pyramid is stabilizing, and at the very top of that pyramid is thriving. When we think about where clients fit, I, I think it's a good exercise to say where do they fit on that pyramid relative, and the way we define it is relative to rich. And, and what I mean by rich is years ago, I wrote the book from busy to rich. And we really play around with that word rich is that we believe being rich is the activity of creating more than you consume. And, and there's a lot to that, but just at a broad level, the, the three layers that we just talked about, people that are surviving, they're creating or they're consuming as much or more than they create. That's, that's, that, that's how they fit that definition of rich. So, uh, so they're not, um, they were my clients, by the way, when I first came into the business. It was sitting at night at the kitchen table trying to figure out how we were going to come up with the $50 a month to pay for the term insurance we discovered they needed. And uh, and then months later, where they were going to come up with it again. Um, most people that are in that surviving mode, they believe something that's not true if they stay in surviving mode. They believe that the answer to my financial problems is I just need to make a little bit more money. And if I made a little bit more than I would be, and, and, and that's a very victim mentality. And one of the things with that is you, you, uh, you, you fail to even look for the things that are going to break you out of that level. But there will, are a ton of people that break out of that level that, that lose that mindset. So then you got, that's surviving. You have stabilizing. These are people that have met the definition of, of rich. Both, both stabilizing and thriving are meeting the definition technically, the way we define it, which is both are creating more than they consume. The difference between the two, Andy, is that stabilizing people are still dependent on their capacity to go in and work, go in and change, exchange their human capital for an income stream in order to have enough income to take care of their outgo. In other words, if they quit going to work and, and using their human capital to generate money, they no longer can take care of the expenses. So today, though, as long as they keep working, they're capable of creating more than they consume. And then the top is that. Those folks, thriving folks, they're creating more than they consume and and they're doing it because they've, and work is optional for them. They've built enough economic value outside of themselves and structured it in such a way that it's going to continue to take care of their outgo, the income from them, whether they are trading time for money or not. Now, the one thing with this is none of that's a condition of permanence. Everybody's is a handful of thought processes and thought patterns and decisions from like reorienting themselves on that, on that continuum. But when it comes to like, how do I spend my time? Well, and, and we ask the question, am I becoming the kind of advisor, becoming the kind of team, the clients I'm looking for are looking for? We all need to define where we are currently at with our clients and where we want to be with them in the future. And, and I think that will help inform a lot of what we put in the slots on what I call the ideal calendar. I promise this question has a point, Wes, but have you ever been on a paddle boat? <laughs> I have. <laughs> Can you name a dumber way to get somewhere than a paddle boat? <laughs> I can't. And the reason I think about that is that I remember seeing a paddle boat. I want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. You both sit down, usually you and another person, 
it's sort of like a bike, but you're sitting there and you can't really see the oars underneath you and you start paddling. And I think there's some sort of steering mechanism, but it's not effective at all. And I remember seeing those and getting on one for the first time and just thinking after about five minutes, this is the dumbest invention for transportation ever. I mean, if it's about a leg workout, it's a great invention. If it's about learning patience, it's a great invention, right? I mean, whatever it might be. Uh, if it's you don't want to go anywhere very fast, it's a great invention. And the reason I bring up paddle boats is that it took me about five minutes to realize this is a really poor use of my time. I literally should just get out and and like swim, right? Um, or just, you know, walk around the lake or whatever, you know? Um, find a piece of driftwood would be more enjoyable than a paddle boat. And, and the point being, I think that what's interesting is for us to take a real honest view and say, you know, paddle boat, that's a funny story, Andy. But it took me five minutes to realize this is a really poor use of my time. And I knew that because my effort was not getting me the right outcome. And I think for you who are listening, if you're frustrated by the outcome, then consider like you have the power to get out of whatever activity you're doing and do something else. And I think that's, that's the posture I want us to all have today is not guilt or regret. It's empowering yourself to go, you know what? Andy's never been in a paddle boat since because he learned his lesson, right? I got out of the stupid mode of transportation. So if you're frustrated in how you're spending or the outcome of your time, and just consider and be open that tomorrow you're God willing going to get some more time and you can spend it differently. And then you can then get different outcomes. Um, but this is a very conscious choice. So what what are the sort of things that people can do to, on a really practical level, to just help them not just go, I'm going to willpower it. I'm just, okay, I'm going to do this tomorrow because Wes and Andy told me to, right? What, what's something practical you can share with people, Wes, um, as they think about their activity and being more productive in it? You bet. So. So I, I believe strongly in creating an ideal calendar for your team. And I, and I think that's true, whether you're a team of one uh, or, or you're a team of, of you know, a hundred, uh, be, because it's likely if you don't have an ideal calendar, you're, you, you, you are paddle boating your way through your week and it is not necessarily effective. And you are, it is, it, it is uh, prioritization by what screams loudest, not what matters most. And, and if we aren't careful, we'll be busy and we'll like consumed all the time. We just didn't get where we wanted to go. And, and so when you're clear and we, we've got other podcasts on this, the mindset series, which we'll link to in the show notes on, uh, on how to define like what, what, are, what is your what, why, who and how? Because that's, that's an intentional way to know what your priorities are so that you know how to style your time to get you in the best position to actually inherit the future that you want most. And so an ideal calendar really helps with that. And here's the cool thing, Andy, is this is not hard. Um, and we say, we say it all the time. So old Andy uh, Stanley quote, is that it's not about the difficulty, it's the discipline. And, uh, and it should evolve and it should change through time. I'm going to, I'm going to give you mine today. Uh, and we'll, we'll, for those of you who want to go online and, and, uh, and, and download it, we'll, we'll have a mechanism for you to, be able to do that. And so you've got a, a quick current Excel version of the type of calendar that I have. And so, but it's three things, Andy, that's it. There's three things we do in this business and really that, that lend itself to doing it well or poorly. 
and, and they are they are this. One is we prepare for meetings. Two, we have meetings. And three is we manage outcomes or projects from those meetings. And, and so if you think about each one of these in, in throughout a day is, is preparation, it can involve a lot of things. It could be I'm preparing for meetings that are the next two weeks. It could be I'm preparing uh, my mind by learning a new skill, by learning a new capacity, ability, a tax class for meetings I don't even know are going to come yet because I don't even know what I'm going to do with this information yet. Um, it could be preparing your body with the right diet and exercise so that you, 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 you know, you're preparing for those meetings by, by taking care of yourself and being, being in a good position to do so. Um, so this, this extends beyond what we normally think about, but just in a, in a normal day, I will tell you our, our cadence, um, it always involves some preparation of some of those things, but, but, and, and then having meetings, you got to have set times because all this, we can't just prepare for meetings forever or prepare our minds. We, we eventually have to have the meeting and there's, there's elements to that and then cleaning up the managing projects from those meetings. So if I was to go through my week, um, there are some consistent things about it. Monday is what our planning team calls our prep day. And so in this meeting, one is everybody has things they've done prior to coming into it, but uh, at at uh, roughly 9.30 every day, we come in and we have about an, a two hour section of, of planning where we're going through the next couple of weeks meetings. And we're, we're, we're having the meeting before we have the meeting. We're, we're looking at, and we've got, if you, again, you can go back and look at some of our previous courses or, or, or be a part of some of our courses to learn what, what we do in our meetings uh, and even some previous podcasts. But we're, we're making sure that we are well-prepared and we're as a team looking at those things to be sure is, are there things that we need to be doing that are not a part of our normal meeting? So we have that day, Monday is always a prep day for us. And we've got a cadence of three meetings that we have if we need them all to get prepared for the next couple of weeks meetings. And every team member gets to weigh in on, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about also adding, adding this idea into the strategy sessions that are coming up for you? Um, the barbells around those times are a couple of things. In my, for me, in the morning, it's I wake up early. I'm, a, I'm an early riser, so about five o'clock in the morning, and I prepare my mind. I, before I jump into the noise of the day, the one thing that helps me be really prepared to have great meetings is I like to go through a gratitude exercise. I like to think about the things that matter. I like to be grateful for what's been and what I have. Because many of us jump into our day and we're, we're anxious about getting somewhere, going somewhere, doing something, and we're not really enjoying it as much because our gratitude gas tank's empty. Same thing is I, I read, I get good information, um, reading devotional or, or listening to an audiobook, something on those regards to really just get my mind moving in an exploratory way. Um, I do that all the way till usually about seven o'clock. So I get a couple hours and I get a big appetite for that. Then I, I exercise at 7.30. And because I believe truly you're, you come into the day with way more emotional energy, you're less fragile in the day if you've gotten started in that way. Um, so that's preparation for meetings, right? So that's, but it, and, and in each of those things, they sound different, but really all of them are the same. We're preparing for meetings. Our team, another prep thing that we do is we have what we call character development that happens on Thursdays where from nine to nine 30, we've all read a book together or a reading through a book together or studying a, um, a YouTube uh, speaker, or Ted talk or something like that. And then we just all talk about it. And it's on all the big areas of life. 
and how we see that and how we see it playing out because it's a good way for our team to interact in a different way other than just let's run the business, run the business, run the business. But that's all preparation. It's all preparing for meetings. And, uh, and, and it works out really, really well. A few other things I'd throw in there that are still following that, like, like I'd call it combination meeting prep and, uh, and, and managing projects from our meetings is every morning at nine o'clock, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we have what we call a headline meeting. And that's just really quick where we jump in and in less than 15 minutes, we go around and say, all right, what do you have for me? What do I have for you? What do I need from you? What do you need from me? Instead of pinging each other to death all day with emails or text messages and interrupting the flow of what people are working on, we always say you can do that, but that should be the exception, not the rule. Very few things in the world can't wait till nine o'clock the following morning. Um, last thing that's a prep and a, and, a, and a combination of cleanup is our 9.30 to 11.30 staff meeting that we have. And it's, it's where we can go a little deeper than just that check-in, that headline meeting on more strategic projects. Um, ways we're managing money, big shifts in the organization. We're changing our CRM system right now. So those are all times that are pre-done in our, in our schedule where everybody on the team knows when we're going to hear from each other. Everybody on the team knows when we're going to do these things together. Uh, so nobody's surprised. The end of every day, for us, it's usually around four o'clock. That's where we clean up for the day. We almost reset uh, and so that I'm not taking meetings during that time. It's a time where I can just say, what else didn't get done that I need to get accomplished? And then all the rest of the time, Andy, so, so this is like on, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, those are blocked out. They're blocked out for client meetings uh, if it's a normal week for us. And and we, you know, again, a, a quality client meeting is one that we're well prepared for, and we have honest and honoring discussions in, and we we have clear next steps. Even if those steps are, hey, we're not probably not going to keep meeting anymore. And that's okay too, because you have to have some of those in the course of, of work. Tell me about some of the things that uh, I'll, I'll throw out a couple sort of, well, let me defer to you. I want to see what you think about this. What What are the biggest things that distract people and make them, and again, I, I don't want to be harsh, but I won't say them, I'll say us, make us feel like we're doing work and yet yeah. we're paddle boating. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I think I think there are a number of things. Um, one is let's let's take the, this idea is when you first come into this business, if you're a solo advisor, um, you you are the team, right? Because there's you're the one man band we talked about. You're doing every activity, and and it is work, and it is work that needs to be done. And because there's no people, and uh, and you might feel like no money to hire those people. You're doing a bunch of things. You're handling underwriting. You're you're setting up applications, yeah. and those are all work. There's no doubt about that. But if you're the lead advisor, at some point, you need to make the investment to bring someone else in to to, to where that's their work, not your work. Yeah. And the reason people don't do it is because they go, but and then this is the unsaid thing. But what if what if I hire them and no new money comes in to pay them, right? What, what, and, and they say it that way, but what they're saying is, what am I going to do with all that extra time? And, and because they felt like they were doing a lot of work and they were, but they're paddle boating, they're paddle boating, they're paddle boating through the week instead of saying, you know, maybe what I should get is a, a rowboat and somebody else to row it with me as the next step. You know, I don't need to jump up to a, you know, a, a speedboat yet because I, I don't have the capacity to handle that, but 
but there are levels. So there are steps. And so I think one is staying too stuck too long in things that used to be work for you. Shouldn't be work for you anymore. Yeah. I talked to an advisor last week. Um, you know, he's checking out our elite advisor network and we were talking about him joining. And actually, I think he ended up joining. Um, he makes like 400K. I mean, he nets 400K. He doesn't have an assistant. Mm. And some people might say, wow, good for him. And what I was thinking is, man, that's some really expensive paperwork <laughs> that he's doing. <laughs> Right. He's getting paid like 300 bucks an hour to fill out a form, uh, you know, and I and I just wonder and we can't get into it. It probably is, you know, a deeper episode. We have to get Brene Brown on here or something like that to like break down. There is something about our subconscious, our unconscious, our that we would never knowingly waste time in order to say, well, I don't deserve more success or I, I don't know how to handle more success. Uh, or just to say, like, my time's not that valuable, uh, or just admit that, like, I really don't think I'm going to be able to, ha- you know, make more if I bring someone on. Mm-hmm. Like, just to really face that and just say, you know, is it is it really more likely that if you had someone helping you, so you only did these certain things, the things only you could do, is it, what is the likelihood that you're not going to make more money, right, versus you are yeah. going to make more and and I, it's it's one of those hard things where it's just a very logical conversation. They would they would agree with you, but then so many people spend so much time doing things that I think I, I just think they're safe. Yeah, that's why people do them. That's why we do them. I mean, it's sort of like I'm working. Uh, okay, you know, and and it's I don't know if you've ever seen that where <laughs> there's a video of this guy and he lays a brick and then he like reaches over to like put the mortar on it. And then he goes to lay another brick and it's like his first day on the job or whatever. And the guys are like messing with them and they take the brick away every time. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. And he just keeps going. Right. And, um, you know, someone might say, you know, were you busy today? Did you get a lot of work done? It's like, you know, I was busy, but I just feel like I wasn't very productive. Right. And I think what's hard is, and this is, I think the difficulty I want to kind of empathize with advisors is, um, they're on a, they're, they're, there's no one in your office generally saying, why are you doing that today? Why are you doing that right now? Why are you doing it this time of the day? Why are you doing that activity at this time of day when you're at your freshest or your sharpest and you're in your inbox? And, and you know, do you, do you need to check that 78 times today? You know what I mean? Um, you know, it, and it's just, it's just, it's difficult. It's very, it's a very introspective thing to do. I think it's very humbling. So what do you think are the, you know, what are the next steps? If someone says, yep, okay, I agree. I need to, I need to do better. Yeah. How, how can you help them, Wes? Yeah. So I, I would recommend two things. One is to, to build out what you believe a good ideal calendar is. And, and with right. the understanding of that, you, you prepare for meetings, you have meetings and you manage projects from those meetings. Second is then list out all the little tasks that you think fit in those three, those three categories all the things that you're currently doing right now. And then, and then ask yourself, rank them from five or from one, five or 10 mm-hmm. and, and say 10 is, this is the highest and best use of my time based on where my organization is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, five would be, this is important and I have to do it because there's nobody else there, but I could probably get somebody in here to do it better from, than I can and that would give me more time to do the 10 activity. 
And then one is things no one should ever be doing at all anymore. And they may be things that were useful at one point, but they've either expired, they've, they've, they've transformed, they've moved on. So do that simple exercise. And again, we, we've got templates for that too, Andy, that we'll, we're happy to share for those that want to go on to the website, West Young Live. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and we'll have a way for you to access uh, some of those. But, but do that regularly because you're, if you're still on doing the same thing you did 20 years ago or 10 years ago or five years ago, or even say last year, probably need some updates, probably need some upgrades. And, and then consistently ask that question, what does it really mean to spend my time well? And, and mm-hmm. that grounds the way what well really means. And I would share it with somebody. I would share that exercise with somebody that's outside looking in and could say, yeah, what about, what if you didn't do that anymore? What if you thought about doing this? I mean, that's a great thing about um, a coach or being a part of a network of advisors like EAN or, um, or Transform is that you get people that are going to go, yeah, but that's, that's really not the best use of your time. Yeah. <laughs> not anymore, right? I think an interesting um, we can we can wrap with this if you're if you're okay with that. But one of the interesting things that happened with COVID is I remember when literally like they closed the world. You know, they're like everybody needs to basically just kind of stay home. You know, and a lot of people, um, you know, were able to kind of you know move around that in some ways. But a lot of people weren't. They just had they were they were forced to change their life in 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 ways that they just didn't have a choice. You work from home now. Uh, you um, are going to spend more time with your family. You all these other things you used to do are canceled. And and my the reason I bring that up is that it's a it's a really good example of um, you know they had, we, people adapted, right? We adapted, and it was uncomfortable, and it was weird for a while. And then you kind of okay, how can I make the best of this? How can I make what's the best use of my time? So I remember with my family, there was a gentleman. Andrew Peterson, one of my favorite uh, musicians, author and author, and he'd written these children's books. They're great for adults too. But he would get on every night and read for an hour, just read his book. And uh, so for, I don't know, months, I would sit around with my family and it felt like the 1930s. We're all sitting around the radio listening to whatever, you know, for their yeah. television. Um, and my point being, I, I just want to remind everyone that you can change your, you can change your days, you can change your habits, and it's going to feel different and awkward because it's different and awkward, but we're capable of it. And the real hope that we all have uh, on this side uh, of the podcast is for you on the other side to just make those small incremental decisions and start to see them stack up in a really meaningful way. But the resources that we have, I'm confident it will be helpful to you. So just navigate to the show notes, wherever you're listening to us, and you'll find some links to those. Um, and I do think that, that fundamentally, Wes, your advice of just literally changing your calendar. I, I like to take every task I have to do and give it a time on my calendar. Yep. So schedule what that thing is. Schedule the workout. Schedule when you're going to be in your inbox. Schedule when you're going to have lunch. Schedule all those things, right? Um, because we generally will do what our calendar tells us to do, right? right. So just schedule it. Uh, Wes, I'll give you the last word. Uh, yeah, no, Andy, I think you hit it on the head. And I think pre-scheduling, and then every week just evaluating how did I do? Did I stick to it? Did I allow myself to uh, hijack it, my old self, to my old habit patterns? Or, or did I did I do what I said I was going to do? Uh, and, and I think you'll be pleased with the incremental changes that you make and the more, more or less the outcomes to help you not, not just increase your client's profitability and quality of life, because you'll be a better offer to them if you do this, 
uh, but your own. Awesome. Thanks, Wes. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Justin. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope it's been practical and a little bit inspirational. Be sure to download the Ideal Week resource and then start scheduling your tasks with intention. And thank you again for being a faithful listener of the show. And thanks for leaving a review on Apple's podcast. If you haven't done that, we would really appreciate you doing that. It helps other people find the show. And again, thanks for listening.